0: Welcome to the Estimate Mastery Podcast, where we teach contractors how to not leave money behind in Xactimate and get paid what you're worth. Welcome to episode number three, where we're going to be talking all about the five line items that we commonly see roofing contractors leave on the table. And with me today, I have Josiah. Wanna say hello, Josiah? Hi, everybody. And of course, this is the podcast. We're going to find everything to do with Xactimate and us helping contractors not leave money behind. So these are very important line items for us to discuss today. There are quite a few more, but we want to don't want to overwhelm you and maybe we'll make another one of these in the future. But the top five that we see very commonly after looking over thousands and thousands of estimates, uh, these are the ones that we've seen that we're just going to jump right in on. So first of all, I want to talk about difficult access charge. And this is one that we see is- Is a frequently asked question, both on our Facebook group for our members, but also on YouTube and our business Facebook page. I get asked this a lot. What do I do when I have a landlocked home and I have to either hand carry debris or hand carry the shingles and hand load the roof? So of course, in Xactimate, you search for a difficult access or something like that, it's not going to come up they don't have one. And that's due to the fact that it, Xactimate doesn't know how large the roof is, how much material you're going to be carrying, all of that. So what we do is add labor hours. So just to kind of hit this home, as an example, we were working in Denver, Colorado, downtown. And those homes are truly landlocked. There is no driveway to get up to the home. And in the backyard, it's there's no alleyway. So there's not really a way to, you know, get that debris off the roof other than loading it into a wheelbarrow, you know, pushing it, of course, onto the lawn and then loading it into the wheelbarrow or however else you do it. And uh, also having to take the shingles when they were delivered on the sidewalk and put them, hand carry them up the ladder and place them on the material on the roof. So with that, we calculate labor hours. And you can use the RFGLAB. Or LABL are the category and selector codes for that line item for the hourly uh, laborer, just depending on who's doing the labor. So you can make that decision as they're two different prices. So what we would say is add the labor hours multiplied by how many workers. So if it took them two hours to, uh, uh you know, offload and then reload the, the new shingle material on, then we would multiply those hours by how many people were doing the work. So two hours times three, that's going to be six hours. So make sure that you explain that in the line item note. So when you add this line item to your estimate, you should be adding a note, you know, telling the adjuster why. That's how we here at Estimate Mastery are able to get line items paid is because we help all of our contractors with the proper documentation. So on this one, you want to take a photo of the people actually doing the work and include that line item note because that's what's going to show the adjuster, inform him that this is a situation that we're encountering. It is not common. In fact, in the Xactimate line item for uh, shingle replacement, it talks about a roof stocked price. This is not a roof stock price. We're having to hand load. Therefore, this uh, this charge is definitely warranted. And that's how you can document it is by adding the line item note and tandem with pictures. And that's how you're going to get that line item paid. So anything to add on that, Josiah?
1: I think the the key point that we that you talked about in that whole conversation, that whole explanation, which was perfect, by the way, is that if you don't have the photos, you don't have the documentation, you don't put in the F9 note underneath that line item, they're just going to see labor hours they are going to they're going to. They're gonna be guessing as to what you're trying to go for. If you don't explain yourself and you don't take the the five minutes to put all the, put all those pieces together. And that's the most important on any of these line items that we talk about today is providing the proper documentation. And, and we go in this uh, quite a bit and down that rabbit hole, the documentation rabbit hole. So I'm not going to go any further, but it's, that's the vital, the vital piece of this whole thing is making sure that you have the proper documentation.
0: Absolutely. Yep. That's how you get line items paid. Yep. In fact, I have a whole webinar that I teach an hour long, just the number one mistake contractors make. That's it. Documentation. Like, it doesn't need mm. to be an hour long. I, I like to explain it, of course, but uh, <laughs> it would be a, a 30-second webinar <laughs> if well, I could just well, say just it like, and people would do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and people people contact us all the time and say, hey, can you look through our stuff? And we're like, yeah, sure. And then they send us five photos. Right. How, how, how are you supposed to be able to get things approved and even know what's on the roof with five pictures. Yep. And usually yes. it's like three of them are of hail hits, like close-ups of hail hits and you get one of the front. Like come on guys, like this is that that's where you make your money is by taking your photos. That's where the biggest increase from what you're sitting at originally to what you get at the end is photos. That Absolutely. is the most the, the most important part. It, but just kind of going on to line item number two, and this is uh, something a little bit different, but they have two different types of ridge cap in Xactimate. So they have the one that we see all the time, every adjuster ever uses, and it's RFG, R-I-D-G-C, and that's going to come out in your description as ridge cap uh, dash co- composition channels. And that's what it's going to come out on the price list that I have up. It's $11 and some change, uh, a linear foot, right? And that's the one that everybody writes for. The issue with that is, is that line item is specifically supposed to be used for three tab channels. It, right in the description, you click on it, click for item detail, you click for detail. And it says right in here. This item uses the assumption of a 25 year three tab shingle being cut for ridge cap for average weight composition shingles, right in there. I mean, that's that's about as cut and dry as it gets, and that's the one that all of the adjusters use. I very rarely see one that hasn't been supplemented that uses the proper line item. The proper line item actually is RFG R I D G C S. And it comes out the ridge cap dash standard profile dash composition shingle. And it's a, so the, the, the previous line item that we were using was $11.11 a linear foot. This one's $12.29 a linear foot. So over a dollar difference between the two. So if you click for detail on the ridge cap standard profile composition shingle, it says pre cut ridge cap shingles. And that's what everybody's using right now. Anybody that's putting a laminate roof on right now, they're not going out there. Not like I did when I was in high school, 25 years ago, they're not going out and cutting those three tabs. I remember I used to do that. That was my, that was one of my jobs. I cut the starter and I cut the Ridge cap and that's what I did. Like that was just part. I knew that was what I was going to have to do. Um, so it's not like that anymore, that. These are all pre-manufactured. They get dropped off at the same time from uh, ABC or SRS or whoever you, Beacon, whoever you use. Those guys are dropping that at the same time they're dropping your normal field shingles. So that is a a dollar per linear foot. So most roofs, we're talking that's at a minimum, that's going to be probably 150 bucks, maybe, especially if it's a hip roof. That amount goes up substantially. So just to keep that in mind.
0: Absolutely. Any, any thoughts, Alina? Yeah, um, it gets confusing with the way they named that line item with standard profile, because when I see the word standard in Xactimate, it usually means sub-average. So I wish they would have picked a different word there, but at the end of the day, I am glad that they released this line item. And it's been out for quite a few years this isn't anything new it's just that no one's aware of it as far as on the adjuster side we don't see it all that often and then if a roofer doesn't catch it you're leaving behind a dollar every linear foot so uh i hate that it's called standard profile but it's more money than the, mm-hmm. the three tab which is kind of against exact words nomenclature but anyways i just want to point that out I'd just being you know semantics there Whoa. so um
1: Go ahead. One step, one step further too, is that wasn't always clearly defined in the detail either. That's been a right. relatively recent within the last year to 18 months. I think the line item has been around for four or five years, maybe somewhere in that range. But this, the click for detail has changed within the last year or so to where it defines this is the pre cut. This is the cut from the three tab, 25 year shingle. So that, right that's something that. to keep, keep in mind too.
0: Yeah, I forget that because I've been I look at it all the time. So you're right. Yeah, yeah. They clearly defined it, and that's so much. And that's what's so helpful at Exactware. If you can give them feedback, this is what I'm encountering. I'm getting push back on this line item because you haven't clearly defined it. I think that really helps them uh, the feedback side of things. You can always email pricing at exactware.com and let them know, hey, what is the definition here? What is this shingle? You know, this ridge shingle for this or this? And I think that's probably where that got changed. So, where you see those gray areas in Xactimate, it's always good to give them feedback and let them know what's going on out in the field. So, that's just kind of a side note there. So, for the third line item, it's going to be the tarping line item. You're thinking, well, there's already a line item for that in Xactimate, know, What's your problem? The tarping per square foot line item usually isn't designated for emergency situations. It says emergency tarping, I believe, there on the per square foot. But it's so underpriced for you, most uh, situations in that you're usually doing it after hours or doing it on the spot. Like, you know, you're out there uh, just tarping roof after roof after roof. It's not a normal situation where, you know, maybe they had a bad tree limb and it, it finally fell. It's like you're in this situation whether it's you know hurricane wind tornado those kinds of things where you're tarping roof after roof after roof we advocate using a tmp bid item temporary bid item because that's more typical of the pricing that you should be charged for tarping those roofs in those situations so usually you should come up with a price maybe it's 500 or $1000 just depending on the size of the roof the extreme weather you're encountering or whatever's going on in that situation you know are you having to navigate down power lines That kind of stuff isn't really packed into the charges that you see in the TMP TARP line item, uh, as you can see when you read for the click for details. So again, if you're going to be using that, just use a bid item and come up with a set amount. Maybe you know, for this size of roof, we're going to charge 500 or if it's just a, a patch. Uh, so maybe if it's a 10 by 10 area, whatever you want to come up with, just start a standard in your company. Of course, if you're tarping the whole roof, that's going to be a very extreme charge. So you need to be prepared for that in case there's ever a cat situation. We call them cat, cat, cat events. there stands for catastrophe events. Uh, if you're in those areas that you may encounter that you want to have a temporary bid item charge ready to go. So that's how you would do it. And then you would add the line item note below. And so the mistake that I see most contractors is they'll use the TMP TARP item, which is very vastly undervalued for the work that they're doing.
1: Yeah. And we talked about, Oh, we, we talk about it every once in a while in, in our coaching calls and conversations that we have with other industry professionals, you know, the, If you contact like a tree removal service, if you have a tree blow over from a storm, they're going to give you a different price than if they were going to come out under controlled conditions, nice environment, non-storm related damages. Perfect example. I have a tree in my backyard I wanted to have removed. And I know the tree service guy, he said, it's going to be two grand to remove that tree. Cool. What if it had fallen over during a storm. And I was just curious, I was picking his brain. That's how I am. He goes, minimum, we don't step foot on property to remove a tree unless it's $4,500 or more in in an emergency situation. So it's kind of a similar aspect with the tarping. If they can't find someone to do it, supply and demand are going to dictate that you're going to need to increase your time because of the fact that your time is becoming much more valuable just because of the situation that's surrounding you. So make sure that you guys have that plan in place before the catastrophe gets there or the, you know, before you have the issue, then you can provide Hey, this is what we've been charging in storm related tarping incidents for the last five years. And that's just, that's what we charge. And nine times out of 10, the adjusters that I've always worked with with the emergency repairs, like those types of things, they usually, unless it's exorbitant, they usually don't balk too much about it. Um, I know there was only one time that I threw a fit about emergency repair and it was, they had removed a tree off the property and it was eight grand and it was in an emergency situation. And I, I threw a fit that was, that's the only time out of this almost 10,000 claims that I've handled was the only time that I said something about emergency services.
0: And we want to clarify that just in case you're getting to know us, Josiah's been on both sides of the fence. So he's been an adjuster as well as uh, working with a contractor. So when you hear him flip sides, it's not because he's like schizophrenic. It's because he's <laughs> actually been on both sides of the industry. And I know it's funny to hear us talk about because I'm the same. Like I come from training adjusters and now I train contractors. So I just, you know, I just want to clarify for any listeners out there, we've seen both sides of this and we've seen contractors who are, uh, actually, trying to game the system and be fraudulent and not do what they should on their side. So uh, we try to rock the line here at Estimate Mastery, where as contractors, we're doing the things we say we're going to do, and you know, not being exorbitant, but coming into a, an account of what's reasonable for that situation and how you should be charging for what you should charge. So, just wanted to clarify there for mm. anybody who's going, what what was what was Josea saying?
1: <laughs> Good clarification. Well that brings us into line item number 4. For that one it's the siding labor minimum. Yep.
0: I see uh, this, this one a lot.
1: Gets, this this one gets left off a of roofing all the time. Uh, so when we were talking about siding labor minimum, almost every roof has some type of siding roof interaction. So whether it be a head wall fla- like a head wall issue or you got step flashing or anything like that, and there's some time that should be allotted within Xactimate to manipulate the siding so you can install that roof correctly. And so that means that sometimes you'll have to pull siding off to install the step flashing. you have to pull siding off to install the end wall flashing. And that should be accounted for. And so the best way to do that is to use a siding minimum labor charge uh, to account for that time manipulating the uh, siding, the time manipulating the siding so that you can install that roof correctly.
0: Right. And I think that, again, pictures, if you show that, hey, this is extra work we're doing, having to detach this, uh, you know, show what's underneath and what you're doing to change out that flashing, just a couple of photos, you know, your subs, you can either pay them a spiff to do this for you, or, you know, some will throw it in because, you know, they're loyal to you, whatever you can do to get these photos, that's what's going to move the needle to get these kinds of things paid. But I think a lot of people are doing work for free, that is not included in the removal and replacement of the shingle line item so this is one of those that i i commonly see you know you've got a chimney that you're repl- replacing the flashing on and most likely you're doing something with that siding around the chimney so you need to account for that because it's not in the removal or the replacement line item and we really need to go back to what is or not and in- what is included what's not included on that line item hone in on your click for details, really learn those backwards and forwards, because that's where, you know, where has drawn the line in the sand of what's included and what's not. So if it's not listed there, what are we doing that we're doing work for free at this point? And this is one that we see quite often being left off of the estimate.
1: Yeah. And to go one step further, if you're working on a a brick home or something along those lines, that side, that flashing still has to be replaced as well. So now you're looking at like a repoint situation or a tuck pointing situation on that uh, on that on that brick facade or that brick that structural brick to make sure that that's that step flashing or the chimney flashing or end wall flashing is installed correctly, because a lot of that's got to be removed when you replace the roof because it's damaged there's, you know, it could be rusted it could have nail holes through that decreases the effectiveness once you take that nail back out and then you put another nail back in it. That's why we always advocate for making sure that we you replace all of the flashings when you when you come in and do the roof too.
0: That's right. Yep. And then if you get into stucco because I'm from New Mexico, we have a lot of stucco. That can really uh be something that, you know, can get into quite a bit of money, but uh- at that point, we just want to let you know, it's the siding, really, where I see this. Um, but just remember, what if I touch this, What's how's it going to affect the next material? And then what's going to happen after that? So just remembering the order of operations. Make sure that everything is covered in the line item that you're dealing with. And if not, we need to add extra labor or something to make up for what we're manipulating and having to do in that chain of events so that you're not working for free. That's really the big takeaway here. And then photos. You got to show them what you did and make sure that they understand because a lot, you got to remember a lot of adjusters uh, do not have construction experience and they just are parroting what a supervisor, what their training you know, ta- taught them. And if we can show them out in the field how it is reasonable that we have to do this and you don't work for free, Mr. Adjuster, so I'm not going to work for free. It's on the estimate. And that's how you can approach that situation. But a lot of adjusters just don't know. And, and that's okay because we can be here to inform them, but you can't inform them if you don't have photos. So yeah. that's just kind of wraps up that whole sit- that conversation there. And I like that the sighting actually leads us into our next item, which is the kickout diverter flashing. That's number five. This is something I see a lot on estimates is where the gutter ends into the siding on the home, uh, there is the kickout diverter that's there. And I think that that's commonly left off of the estimate because you don't know that it's a line item in Xactimate or you just, oh, it gets overlooked really, because it's such a small piece of the home. But like I just pulled up a recent price list, it's $41 for remove and replace the kickout diverter. That's just for one. So if you're leaving $40, you know, dollars, maybe you've got a couple on the home that's a lot that will add up over time. So, you know, let's say we had two of them and we're doing a, a subdivision, has the same kinds of roofing system kind of over and over. You're, you know, you've got $80 times 10, that's 800 bucks you just left behind because you forgot to click a button or search for a line item. And that's the kind of stuff we like to talk about over here on this podcast is where are those, you know, tiny touch points that might, can add up over time, stuff that you don't know, you don't know. So that's that's a big one that I see. I mean, it looks small, right? $40, who cares? Well, that adds up over time for sure by just adding that line item. And then of course, including a photo of what it is. I think a lot of adjusters don't know what it is too, so.
1: Well, and to one step further, it's all these little drops start filling the bucket a little bit, right? So you've got your kick up. It's $41. You're re- using the appropriate ridge cap. That's another dollar a linear foot you know, going back through all of this, all of that's going to add up to something sizable, you know, to where you're already doing the work. Now you're making, now you're getting paid appropriately for the work that you're doing. And that's, and that's a big thing to move forward with helping your company long-term and keeping things jobs profitable and making sure that your bucket's full.
0: Absolutely. Yep. That's what people say, you know, well, exactly. I terrible pricing or, you know, the, Adjuster won't pay me my OMP or my supervisor, or my waste on region starter, wherever, whatever the argument is. Well, guess what? You're probably not writing the estimate correctly to be as profitable where you are. So, you know, that's where you've been leaning on these other line items or other, you know, like the OMP argument is something we'll talk about in a future podcast. So that will be coming up. But, and you are do that, I understand. But sometimes, They just, they literally can't pay it out. And now they're starting to write policies where OMP isn't included in their actual homeowner's policy. It's kind of a weird, wacky world we're dealing with right now. So all of that to say, you need to know where you're profitable so that you can go, you know what? I've got the right items on my estimate. I've reached this line of profitability. I don't have to fight tooth and nail for Ridge or starter or whatever the issue is because I know I'm already profitable. It helps your life be stress-free and it also, it helps you not keep files open and keep your accounts receivable, you know, a crazy huge amount sitting out there. You can start to close files if you know that line of profitability. So that's something else that we're excited to talk about on this podcast too. How do you determine that line and get there? But the first thing you can do immediately to move the needle Adding the line items that you should, knowing what's included, and of course, documentation.
1: 100%. I 100% agree. Couldn't have said it better myself.
0: Well, that was an easy wrap-up. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening today. Hope you uh, at least learned one line item that you can start to use on your estimates and start getting paid what you should. Again, my name is Alina Wilson, and we have Josiah Hollabaugh over here at Estimate Mastery. You can find us on EstimateMastery.com. And also, if you have any questions, you can always reach out to the info at EstimateMastery.com inbox, and we can answer your questions there. You can also find more information and just a sample of some of our trainings over on YouTube and then on our Facebook page if you're interested. So thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next podcast.